I will start this by saying, I go to the grocery store a lot at night. I live in an overly populated area. The grocery store is open 24 hours and sometimes I just like to go by myself late in the evening. I don't feel rushed and no matter what time it is, there are still people there. Not a whole lot, but enough that you feel safe. I always park on the side of the grocery store, just out of habit, because when I do go during the day, it's so packed that the side parking lot is usually the best place to find a spot. One night, I think it was around 9pm, I went to the store. I parked on the side lot, it's right next to the store, and I'm literally 25 feet from the entrance. But the side parking lot was a lot less populated at night and there isn't much foot traffic or lighting. I didn't think much about it and just headed inside. I was inside for about an hour and came out and loaded my bags. As I was loading them in, I noticed two guys coming from around the back of the building. They started talking to me as they reached the front of my car. I smiled and tried to be polite as I finished loading up the car. I didn't feel comfortable standing in a semi-dark and empty parking lot talking to two guys, but I also didn't want to be rude or piss them off if I didn't have to. The one guy asked me for my number, and I told him I was in a relationship. He kept pushing it, telling me that he would take me out somewhere nice. At this point, the groceries were in, and I moved to the driver's seat. I told him again no thanks, and was just about to shut my door when he grabbed the door frame. Our eyes met. This fear went through me. I am screaming inside my head to get the hell out of there. He's still talking, more serious now, telling me I'm pretty and that he really wants my number. I hold his gaze and say, as stern as I can, let go of my door. We are frozen like that, each of us contemplating our next move. I know one of two things will happen. I can see his mind going through the options. There's no one else around. I am thinking of ways to defend myself, knowing that if he pushes his way into my car, that things are over. I say again, let go of my car. Our gazes are still locked. Then his friend mutters something I couldn't hear. He turns and then looks back at me. Another moment and then he lets go of my door. I slam it shut and lock it and get the hell out of there. I could feel them watching me pull away. When I told people about it, they kept saying how lucky I was, how bad it could have been. I sure learned my lesson, and I can tell you that. It's my first time posting here, and I don't know if this really counts, but here it goes. My husband and I live in a house on the left end of the street. There's a decent stretch of woods right on the other side of us, and then up a road is a busy street. Tonight, literally an hour and a half ago, we were sitting and watching TV upstairs, trying to wind down from work when suddenly there's a loud ass pounding on the door, like excessively loud and forceful. At first, I thought it might be the police, and of course, I was worried that they were there to deliver news or whatever the case may be. But being paranoid people we are, we didn't immediately get up to check the door. We finally get around to peeking out the window, and there's a white Mercedes sedan just parked right out front. At least a couple minutes have gone by, and the knocking still persists. So the husband grabs his gun once we both realize it's not the cops or anyone we recognize, and decide to head down to see what the fuck this person wants. Mind you, it's like 10pm, and this dude is still pounding on the door. 
By the time we get down the steps though, guy goes around his car and slips in. I didn't see his face or the plates of the car, but he just sped off. Maybe it's not like your super creepy encounter, but we were just pretty shaken. First off, it's somewhat late to be pounding on anyone's door, for that matter. And then, he didn't make any other stops on our street, just ours. Didn't leave any notes or cards or anything to indicate he was there. Of course, it didn't help that immediately after this guy left, a blare of sirens and speedy cop cars erupted near the busy street next to us, and then there was a police helicopter that came by soon after. Maybe it was nothing. Maybe we just got lucky. Either way, I'm not sleeping that well tonight and have to be up for work at 3, and I'm definitely not looking forward to walking down my dark-ass driveway in the middle of the night. This past New Year's Eve, I went away for the night with my two best friends and one of their moms. I'm posting now because I recently discovered this subreddit. I was home for the holidays from college and my friend Sarah invited me to Palm Springs to celebrate New Year's with her mom and our friend Rachel. I didn't have any other plans so I decided to go with them. We went to a cool city about a half hour from where we live that's big on shopping and resorts. We planned to have a pretty calm night, watch the ball drop at the block party thing downtown, and have a few drinks at a bar. Since we're on the west coast, the ball drop is at 9pm, so at around 8, we ventured from the hotel, walking to the block party about a mile away. On the way, we passed a very lively bar. We decided to stop by and spend 15 minutes dancing, but didn't get any drinks. It was a gay bar, and Sarah and Rachel being gay... They were stoked on it and wanted to come back after the ball drop, even though it was about 90% men there. We continue on the block party, get some dinner, a glass of champagne, the ball dropped, and had a DJ. So we spent about an hour there dancing. After we got tired of it, we decided to head back to the bar and hang out until midnight. Once we get there, Sarah's mom pays for a drink for each of us, but leaves soon after because she was tired. It was about 10.30 at this point and Sarah, Rachel, and I are enjoying our drinks and having fun dancing. Rachel tried some of my drink since it was one she hadn't had before. I consistently have to have my guard up when drinking in public and I felt safe in this bar because it was 90% gay men who I thought would not have any interest in me. I went back to the bar to get a second drink and that's the last thing I remember. The rest I've gathered from Sarah and Rachel. Almost immediately after getting my second drink, I asked Rachel to go to the bathroom with me because I wasn't feeling well, even though I was completely fine 10 minutes before. Once in the bathroom, I collapsed on the floor and I was almost unresponsive. Rachel, now worried, somehow dragged my half-lifeless body out to where Sarah was waiting for us. Security seeing my condition and assuming I was wasted, asked us to leave. Sarah and Rachel decided to take me back to the hotel, about a half mile away. By this point, I was unconscious, and there were barely sounds escaping my mouth. They saw someone leave the bar at the same time as us, who was walking near us, but they were preoccupied with trying to keep my lifeless body off the ground. At one point, I threw up all over myself, the both of them, and the sidewalk. The next part of the story we had to get from Sarah and Rachel doesn't have memory of this. Still struggling to carry me, the man they saw leave the bar approached them. 
He was hitting on Rachel, trying to grab her to go grab a drink with him. She was very agitated and told him to leave and her friend needed help right now. He didn't take no for an answer and continued to follow us down the street, asking if we wanted to get drinks with him, if he can help carry me and such. A middle-aged woman witnessed this and came up and told the man off, something along the lines of, Stop harassing these young women or I'm going to call the police. He left after that. Next, by some miracle, an EMT and his wife enjoying the holiday ran into us on the street. He checked me out to make sure something wasn't majorly wrong and then carried me the rest of the way to my hotel and into the room since my friends could barely hold me up. They thanked him profusely and him and his wife left. This is when Rachel's memory kicks back in. Five minutes later, they get a knock on the door and it's the EMT and his wife again. They came up to let us know that the man followed us to the hotel and they saw him hop a gate and start to make his way towards our room. My friends called the hotel security, but they were unable to find him. My friends didn't get a glimpse of him, but I'm sure it was the same man from earlier. I spent the rest of the night vomiting everywhere and dry heaving after that. I woke up the next morning in a pile of pillows and blankets on the bathroom floor. My last memory was at the bar getting my second drink, and my friends filled me in on everything that had happened. Feeling like crap, I thought I must have drank way too much, but I had never blacked out before in my life, and the amount of drinks I had, only two in two hours, since I didn't get to drink my second at the bar, didn't add up to me being completely unconscious. We decided that my first drink had had to have been drugged, since Rachel had some of it and had no memory of her walk home, even though she was fully functional. I'm sure the man that was talking to Rachel and then followed us back was the one that slipped something in my drink. To this day, I don't really know how I could have been slipped something. I got my drink from the bar and never set it down. My best guess was it was already in the cup. Thankfully, I had two good friends with me and kind strangers protecting me that night. Keeps me up at night thinking what could have happened under different circumstances. This happened to me about a week ago. I found a summer job at a local supermarket about two weeks in. I got asked to work the late night shift, 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. I accepted it since I needed money and I never slept early anyways. Everything was fine and dandy until about 3 a.m. when a shirtless, scarred up guy came into the store. After lingering around the store for a while, he quickly came up to the counter, making intense eye contact with me. As I was about to ask him if he needed any help, he whispered, Don't dare to move. I didn't hear him at first, so I asked him if he could repeat that. At that point, he got agitated and yelled, Make another sound and I'll cut you up. In a swift motion, he vaulted over the counter, going to the alcohol section, trying to grab a bottle of whiskey. Thankfully, the owner had hit a baseball bat under the counter. The moment he turned his back to me, I took the bat and swung full force into his knee. He winced in pain and tried to get up. I wanted my bat again, acting as if I was going to hit him again, just to see him pull out a homemade shiv of some sort. I unfortunately let him get up, and the moment he did get up, he swung his shiv at me, lightly lacerating my wrist. I pushed him back with my bat, and he stumbled over some boxes. He sprinted to the door and got out. I called the cops and showed them the security footage. 
but they haven't contacted me since. I think it's safe to say that I won't be working that late night shift again for a long time. So scarred, shirtless guy, let's not meet again. Years back, I made a late night stop at a local Walmart on my way home from a friend's house. Not a lot of people out and about at nearly 1am. I lived around there for years and never ran into any criminal elements out there. So I felt safe going to the store alone as a woman in my early 20s. I made eye contact with a teenage girl the second I walked in the door. She was parked on the bench by the restrooms, hugging a backpack and a small purse, checking her phone with a rather desperate expression on her face. When she looked at me, I could tell she was on the verge of panicking. After a brief second of staring at me, she went back to checking her phone and making phone calls. At the other end of the bench was a white-haired man in jeans and a t-shirt. If I had to guess, he was probably in his 50s or early 60s. Although nothing appeared off about him, what struck me was the fact that he never looked up as I passed. Instead, his eyes were absolutely glued to the teenage girl next to him. Not in a passive way, but like he was sizing her up or something. She was perched on the edge of the bench, angling herself away from his gaze and leaning away from him. Her body language screamed that she wanted nothing to do with him. Something about him set off warning bells in my head and I went out and grabbed a few items that I had stopped there for. I'm normally the type of person that mails around the store aimlessly, making it a point to wander down each aisle to see what's for sale. That night, however, I felt a pressing need to get in and out of the store as quickly as possible and something in the back of my head told me to keep an eye on the man on the front bench. I moved my knife from my purse to the front pocket of my jeans where it would be easily accessible. That's how uneasy I felt being in the same building as this man. As I purchased my items, I watched the pair from the bench. The man had moved halfway across the space between them and was trying to chat up the young woman. She was shaking her head and offering one word answers, looking like a rabbit about to bolt. As I walked past them again to leave with my purchases, she stopped me and asked if I was headed anywhere close to my old hometown. Apparently, she had been on her way home from a trip with her friends, and they had made a stop to grab drinks and use the restroom. She had gotten separated from the group, and they left her at the store. The store was about a 30-minute drive from my old hometown, and I knew that to get home, she would have to walk several hours along unlit stretches of rural highway. The man sitting next to her continued to leer at her, but refused to look my way. While normally, I would have told the girl that I was headed the opposite direction, something in the back of my head told me not to leave her alone with this man. I agreed to take her home. She thanked me profusely and offered me gas money and a cigarette. I refused both and took her home. The logical part of my brain reasoning that the girl weighed maybe 100 pounds and was a full head shorter than I was, so if it came down to it, I could fight her off. I wasn't stupid either. I texted a few friends and let them know what I was doing, and they were not happy with me. The girl mentioned her address, and I knew exactly where she was talking about. It was an old, quiet neighborhood where I used to play Little League Baseball down the street and swim in the pool a few blocks away. During the drive, she told me that she just moved to the area with her mom and younger sisters from a larger city a few hours south. 
She'd taken off with a few of her old friends for the weekend, and her mom hadn't expect her back until the following day, so she silenced her phone for the night and hadn't picked up when the girl tried to call. I vaguely remember something about her mom having to work in the morning. We arrived at the destination, and the girl gave me a handshake and thanked me repeatedly, asking if there was anything she could do to repay me. I told her, yeah, do me a favor, get better friends. Looking back, I have no idea what about that man creeped me out so much, but something about the way he was staring at the girl got me on major guard. I had thought in passing that he might have been with someone else in the store, perhaps someone using the nearby restroom, but upon checking out, it struck me that I hadn't seen any other customers there, so he really had no other reason to be waiting on that bench. I was still living with my parents at the time, so when I got home, I woke up my mother and told her what happened. She hesitated, and I could see that she didn't like the idea of me giving a stranger a ride home, but in the end agreed something had prompted me to take action, and I might have saved the young girl from being harassed or worse 